Hey guys, it's Melissa here from MelissaOatman.com. Welcome to another episode of Awaken Your Inner Awesomeness. I am so delighted you guys are with us today because we have a very special guest. I have with us today Mr. Brian Goldsack. He is the co-host of the podcast Success Fundamentals where they talk about all things financial. And so he is going to be talking to us today a little bit about his podcast and also I'm sure there will be some financial advice mixed in there as well, which we all can use. But before we get started today, we have a word from our sponsor. One of the most profound gifts that you could ever give a child is to teach them about money. Your kids have access to financial opportunities that you didn't have growing up and you know it. Investing is as easy as downloading an app. Making money can be as simple as uploading a 15 second video. Robots on your phone can do your budgeting for you. It's wild. And you know they're not learning about any of this in school. Hey, I'm Eric Yard, host of Raising Financial Freedom Podcast, where we discuss how you can create safe spaces at home to teach your children about financial habits so they don't have to figure it all out on their own like you did and are probably still trying to. Come tune in and get closer to the world that your children are living in. Hear about things that aren't on your radar. Get actionable tips on making your child savvier with money. Remember, no matter how much money you make, you can set your children up for financial success. Visit RaisingFinancialFreedom.com for the latest episodes, and I'll see you there. All right. Well, I am so excited to have you here with us today, Brian. Thank you for being here. Happy to be here. Nice seeing you, Melissa. It is nice to see you too. Now, I was fortunate enough to be a guest on your podcast, but I am very excited that you then agreed to come and be a guest on my podcast. We have very different um, formats, but a lot of the same kind of ideas creep in there. Now, your podcast, Success Fundamentals, is more of a financial podcast. So before you tell us all about the podcast, why don't you just Tell us a little bit about yourself and how did you get started creating this podcast? Sure. Thank you. So in June of 2021, my co-host Chris Sykes and I uh, we basically said, hey, look, we talk about very deep things all the time. We have all these unanswered questions about success and what does it mean to be successful? And I think that these conversations are worth having within a public forum. Do you want to start a podcast where we get people from all different walks of life and see if we can actually define what it means to have a successful life? Now, Chris and I, to your point before, Melissa, we both work in financial services. So we were always under the impression that basically all success is financial success. But the more we interviewed people, the more that our view of success began to evolve. And even, even when you were on our show, we, we had a vast discussion about spirituality and a variety of different elements surrounding that idea of success. So it started financial. There's still an undercurrent of finance, but now there's this whole new realm that opened to us because of having conversations with people like you. That's awesome. And I love that you have kind of branched out and you're covering all of the elements of success because it takes a lot of different things for people to be successful, I would think. And what are some of the um, most interesting topics that you guys have covered in your mind on your podcast? So 
So I'll, I'll do it from my perspective. I think my co-host Chris would probably have his own favorite subject matters, but um, I would say the things that I found the most interesting would be questions surrounding spirituality. Uh, is spirituality a optional thing if you want to have a happy, successful life, or is it a must? We also were reflecting on questions like, does the culture you're raised in have, a, have an effect on your perception of what is or what is not successful. Does Italian success look like American success? And does Icelandic success look like success in India? So these are all these questions that I've always wondered. And the more we interview people, I feel like uh, there is really no clear definition, at least yet. We might find it one day, but right now we don't know what the definition is. Yeah, that's really interesting and a good point because you also raise the question that if you come from different socioeconomic backgrounds, success might also look different for you. Success might look like actually graduating high school and if you had parents who didn't. So that is another interesting area because, like I said, success might mean something totally different if you came from very little compared to someone who maybe was born into wealth. It might look extremely different. It's such a great point. And, and we've had people on the show that, that, I mean, were just pure rags to riches stories that uh, they came from poverty and then made multi-million dollar businesses. But then we had some people that maybe lived you know, a very humble lifestyle, but then became great spiritual leaders and feel that they've led a very successful lifestyle. We, we recently interviewed gentleman who is a uh, a shaman in alaska and he was a recovered drug addict and became a shaman and now he works with veterans that are suffering from post-traumatic stress disorder and i never asked him about his financial background uh but he's very content just helping members of his community and you could just see it in the way he carries himself he finds such joy in, in what he does so to your point I don't know if there is a clear definition of, of success. It's, it really does depend on your perception to an extent. I'm still a finance guy, Melissa. So there is a part of me that does feel there's a financial component, of course. Yeah. Well, and, you know, I think it just makes things easier in life if you're not struggling financially. But there are so many people out there right now because of the pandemic and just in general who I think are struggling financially. Um, do you ever give any kind of financial advice on your show or is it more just talking about where people came from, from a financial standpoint? So the, it's such a great question. So like I said, Chris and I, we both work in finance. And for those of you that have never had to work in finance before, it is one of the most regulated industries that's out there, maybe similar to like medicine. So the things that we can and can't say surrounding financial advice in a public forum are extremely limited. We would love to give a ton of financial advice on the show, but we just really can't or else we could like get in big trouble. <laughs> but um, we, we are capable of just kind of giving like general ideas, but like we're not allowed to give like investment advice per se on the show. That makes sense too, um, honestly, but I'm sure there are people out there going, man, I wish they could tell me what I should invest in right now. Yeah, what's the next hot stock? Yeah. 
<laughs> That's interesting because I teach economics. Um, I teach German and I teach economics. So it's inter interesting to see that because I do feel like a lot of people struggle with the financial aspect of their life because they lack knowledge about certain things that have to do with finances. I know with my students, a lot of them, when they come in, they don't really understand supply and demand and how different financial things work. And so that's one of the things we work on. But a lot of students I've found in previous generations don't learn that in high school. And I know now students have to take classes where they learn how to balance a checkbook. And But when I was in high school, that was an optional class. So you didn't have to take it. I'm glad I did take it because that helped me out a lot. But yeah. I think that there are generations of people now who their financial knowledge comes from their parents and what their parents did. And so we see a lot of cycles of financial patterns repeating where so if they came from parents that would say things like, money doesn't grow on trees and you know you have to work really hard to earn money that's then become their thought process and so money does elude a lot of people in that area they find themselves in a lot of debt and working jobs that maybe aren't bringing in that much money um, and i don't know if you ever talk to people like that on your show but um i don't know what advice would you give to people out there maybe who are listening who would say I've just been in the same cycle of financial stress and debt and worry. How do how does somebody like that get started? Even maybe just making it a little bit better. So it, it it's unfortunately all too common what you're describing. About eighty percent of people in the United States have a negative net worth, which means that they have more debt to their name than they have assets. You know investments, property, so on and so forth. So to your point, um, a lot of people do learn their money behaviors from their parents, but the odds aren't stacked up against you seeing as 80% of people in the United States have a negative net worth. So they're often getting bad advice from their parents, or they might have an unhealthy perception of, of money. They might think it's uh, not important at all. They might think it's more important than it really is. I would say you need to look at money appropriately. I would say you need to respect it, but also not think that money is the end goal in and of itself. One of the things that you'll hear a lot of our guests say, and people that are you know, extraordinarily successful financially say, is that they view money simply as a tool, as if it were like a hammer or a chair, right? Um, you can pick up a hammer and you can bludgeon somebody <laughs> with it and it becomes a bad thing, or you can build a house for the homeless veterans with it and it becomes a great thing. So going into, so looking at that hammer and making any conclusion as to whether it's a good or bad thing is kind of irrelevant. It, it's what you do with that hammer that matters. So I would say, maybe have a healthier perspective on what money actually is and then think to yourself what do if i had money what would i want to do with money you might want to do philanthropic things you might just want to feed your family but whatever it is 
try to work on having a healthier perception of what you want your relationship with money to look like, and then feel the courage to just have your own private relationship with money. Try not to let the past or societal noise affect it. I love that example of thinking about it as a hammer. That's a really great way to look at it. And if you study the law of attraction or anything like that, you know that when we focus on lack, you bring more of that in. So I think it's super important to change and shift the way you think about money instead of the fear and the dread and the worry that most people feel when they have to sit down and pay their bills or they think about what their financial situation is. It's an extremely emotional thing, Melissa. Money, money is, it can be scary. I mean, having too little money is very, very scary. But then I'll even tell you, I mean, even in, on our podcast and even in my practice, sometimes having too much money is scary. I've met people that have a ridiculous amount of money and they're constantly worried about losing some of it. But they're constantly worried about the government taking it or the tax man taking it or getting sued and somebody suing them for everything they're worth if they end up finding out that they're affluent. So again, whether you're rich or poor, it all comes down to your perception of the role of money in your life. So again, I say, try to develop a healthy perception of the relationship you want to have with money. That's a good point too. I never thought about it that way, but I could see how even having a lot of money. And I mean, we've known this money doesn't buy happiness, but even having a lot of money doesn't necessarily make you feel secure in where you are in life. Um, but I never thought about it from the perspective of being sued by others or I definitely get the government thing. <laughs> My sister sure. just said that to me the other day. She said, the only thing that's certain in life is death and taxes. And I was like, yeah, I guess so. It's true. It's true. It, but it's, um, it, it's no matter where you find yourself in the money equation, if you don't have a healthy perception of it, it, it could create stress mm -hmm. in your life. You got to pick your stress though, right? Do you want to have the stress associated with being impoverished? Or do you want to have the stress associated with having abundance? For me, I've made the decision. I'll accept the stress associated with having abundance. <laughs> yes, yeah, definitely take that one. <laughs> so what do you think is the most interesting guest that you've had on your podcast? And I know this is probably a loaded question because I know you've mm. had a lot of guests, but in your mind, which interview for you stood out the most? Yeah, there were many. Um, I would say the one that echoes kind of in my spirit the most often was we had an interview with a gentleman by the name of Frederic Fakai, who owns a, um, like a beauty product business. It's mostly hair and, uh, he was a hairdresser for many years as well. I, I think he still is. He used to cut like Madonna's hair and Sharon Stone's and Hillary Clinton's hair. Wow. So yeah, he was a really cool guy. He was originally from a small town in France and left everything to move to New York to try to make a name for himself in the beauty industry. And his story really was intriguing to me because the way he described it in France, basically everything that you ever need is taken care of 
by the government. It's, it's for the most part a socialist country. Mm-hmm. And a lot of his friends said, why would you ever want to leave a country where everything is taken care of for you to go to a country where there is so much uncertainty as to how the chips will fall? You could become impoverished like a, the United States. You know, it's very free. Good things can happen in freedom and bad things can happen in freedom. Yeah. And um, he said on the show that he wanted to go to the country where nothing is enough and both my show uh, my co-host chris and i were taken aback by that because we run into a lot of people and we would describe ourselves as extraordinarily ambitious and there's a certain degree of uh i would almost say melissa guilt that I felt for many years feeling like nothing was enough and that maybe there was something wrong with me for always wanting to push myself a little bit harder to get a little bit smarter, to maybe make a little bit more money. And Frederick actually viewed that as a strength and, and leaned into that philosophy of never feeling content where you are and always try to push yourself a little bit more. And his life, in a way, was an example of where that philosophy can lead you. He now lives a very nice life. And every day, he's just trying to find new ways to make people more beautiful and happy and do it naturally, too. He's 100% organic. So <laughs> he's such a cool guy, such a cool story. And I felt so inspired by him. That is awesome. But it also sounds like he found his purpose because he likes serving others and helping Mm. others in a way, even though, you know, when we talk about finding your purpose, a lot of people think it has to be something grand and that finding your purpose must mean that you have to give up everything and go live on a mountain or, you know, you have to do something like that. But in my opinion, when you find your purpose, it's when you're most serving people. So someone's yeah. purpose, like yours, could be doing this podcast to help people discover a little more about what it takes to be successful and also to improve themselves because your podcast really does that for other people too. And for other people, it might be that, you know, they teach children. So they're serving that in that way. It's whatever helps you most serve, I think is where we truly find our passion. And it sounds like he really had a passion for helping people see the beauty in themselves if he was creating products. And that's absolutely. Awesome. And that's such a great point, Melissa. And it, it was getting me thinking like, I mean, service really is everything. Even if you're the type of person that it's about me, 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 you're not going to get far because at some point, if you want to become extraordinarily wealthy and just be like Ebenezer Scrooge <laughs> and just harvest all the money for yourself, at some point, you're going to either need to provide a good or service for your fellow man. So you're going to have to interact with your fellow man in some capacity and provide something to them that they find useful or helpful in their way. So even if you were like the epitome of being a selfish, you know, money grubbing person, you're still going to have to be of service to somebody in order to get that money to be a money grubber. Right. So service really is everything. And if, and if instead you can be joyful and happy 
and accommodating to your fellow man and have a good heart and, and think of ways that you can serve them perhaps in ways they're not being served now to make them more comfortable or safe. I mean, it, it's going to translate into success in your own life. Yeah, absolutely. And I would put out there to people who think that I can't help because I don't have money. There are a lot of ways you can serve that have, you don't have to give any money whatsoever. You know, if you know of local food drives or food pantry and just volunteer your time, I think time is needed more than anything else. Mm. Often it's hard to find volunteers. So there are a lot of ways you can give back that don't involve donating a lot of money. Cause I know that's the one thing I hear sometimes people saying, well, I just don't have anything to give, but we have time. We have talent sure. sometimes. And those are things that we can give of. Absolutely. And I mean, time is money, right? Yeah. So if you're giving your time in a way you are giving your money, you could have been working, right? You know, you could have been working during that time that you were donating to help your fellow man and earning money. So the fact that you chose to help others and not earn money in a way is you giving money. <laughs> exactly. It really is. And I, I think it's more appreciated too. You know, anybody can write a check and that's great too, but really getting in there. And for me, if you're feeling very much like down on yourself and woe is me and you're focused on all your problems, go help someone else. It takes mm. the focus off of you and makes you feel better to help others. So if you're feeling that way, try to go find a place to be of service because it really does make you feel better to do that. I agree. We, we had a guest, his name is Paul Farrell. His name is Paul, Paul Farrell. He was one of the head honchos at America Online. Remember AOL back oh, in the yeah. day? Yeah, you got mail. <laughs> you got mail. Yeah. So he was that guy. And um, he's extraordinarily philanthropic. He's a great guy, very religious. And um, he said, you can fake caring, meaning like you can fake by just writing a check, but you can't fake showing up. You can't fake showing up. So yeah. that, that time really means a lot, a lot more than a lot of people think to your point. Yeah, it really does. And there's so many great organizations that need people and need volunteers. Uh, but I think that's such a great way to give back to. Absolutely. So now when you talk to people about um, things financial, when you talk about success, are there um, any kind of tips? And I know we talked to you can't give stock tips or anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> but are there habits? Let's say that. Are there habits that you encourage people to adopt if they want to start seeing more financial success in their lives? If finance is... is um... There's an, like, if I'm being honest, there's nothing sexy about it, right? At least in its rudimentary form. Like if, if you're having money issues, there's really two things you can do, right? You can either spend less or you can make more. Those are the really the only two options that exist. Or you could do both simultaneously. I find that if you have listeners or just people in, in general, if, if they're having financial issues, that a lot can be said for the non-sexy act of budgeting, just sitting down and writing down what your bills are every month, how much you are bringing in, subtract one from the other, and whatever remains is going to be a very enlightening thing to you. 
If you find that there is a negative number, that could be an indicator that you are overspending and that could be the source of where a lot of this financial stress is coming from. Maybe you're racking up credit card bills because every single month you might quite literally not have enough money to make ends meet and finding what that number is, is liberating in a way. You might find out that you have an extra thousand dollars every month that you're not seeing because it's probably going to Starbucks or to like (laughs) Dunkin' Donuts, but now you know, right? And maybe from that number, you can say, all right, well, what what could I instead be doing with this extra money I have every month that could put me in a better financial position in the future? So there's really something uh, enlightening and liberating in that first step to getting financially healthy, to just sitting down and, and budgeting. It's kind of annoying. It's irritating. It's a lot like exercising for the first time. It's like it hurts and you get a little, little PO'd. <laughs> but, but afterwards, like, oh, thank goodness I did that. Now I, I can start to have some objective way to making my life better. Yeah, I think there's a lot of ways that we spend that we don't realize that we're spending. And Starbucks is definitely a big one because you don't think <laughs> about it when you go to get that little, I have to say little, it's usually a $5 cup of coffee, but mm-hmm. that's a lot. Um, I know for me, I just ended up switching and just buying the bags of Starbucks and making my own coffee at home. And it still was more of a premium coffee, but I wasn't going there every day. So that definitely was something that helped. Uh, There's a lot of little things you can do like that. And probably a lot of little ways you can save too. If you like tuck a little that Starbucks money, you were going to spend on that. You can put in a savings account or maybe even invest somewhere else. It's probably also a good idea. Absolutely. And and that's what ends up getting the creative mind going too. Like a lot of people feel a lot of financial stress because their financial lives are very messy and and confusing. It's like a big tangled knot. And they look at the tangled knot and they feel all this anxiety because you're like, oh my God, how am I going to untangle this thing? Uh, and sometimes the knot keeps getting bigger and bigger because you're never actually taking the time to untangle it. I think the budgeting process is the untangling aspect of it. Again, it's not fun. I'm not trying to make it seem like sitting down and budgeting is like a walk in the park, especially yeah. if you have a lot of financial things going on. But budgeting is the thing that untangles a messy financial situation and it shows you where the problem is. Yeah. And it's okay. I mean, a lot of people, I think, don't look at their finances because of all of the emotions that it brings up, because it brings up the fear, it brings up the guilt and the shame for Mm. how they've been spending money. But it's important to do this without that guilt and shame, because if you were not taught how to budget, it's not a thing that comes naturally. Most people just spend whatever they want. So is there a free tool out there maybe for people if they say, okay, I want to sit down and I want to look at my finances. I want to start a budget and start doing this and getting my finances in order. Are there any free tools that they can use out there for creating a budget? Yeah. There's a website called wave accounting. It's um, free and you can like link your bank account to wave. And then you start to like categorize which of these transactions were for what. And um, that's a great tool. 
A lot of businesses use it. So it's like super powerful. Uh, personally, Melissa, you're going to think I'm crazy, but I do it with pen and paper or pencil and paper every yeah. single month. Again, I'm a financial guy. <laughs> so, but uh, I think even doing that like quarterly could be super, super helpful. Just sitting down with a pencil and paper, writing down the money that's coming in, subtracting out the money that's going out. And I think there's something to be said for the fact that I don't know if you're like maybe like do things seem more official for you when you write them out rather than mm -hmm. if you see it on a screen? Yeah, absolutely. I think there's something like psychologically that makes the process go. It makes it more real, at least when I do it on yeah, paper. I think your brain connects to it more or something because when they talk about manifesting or writing out affirmations every day. A lot of people recommend actually writing it out by hand because there's something wow. about that connection the brain makes when you physically are writing it out. You see, I didn't know that. Wow. Okay. So there you go, everybody. Take Melissa's <laughs> advice. Write it out. Yeah. It, it will actually make it real. It'll bring it into the real world. So that that's what I would say. It's um th that's a very good first step to to making your financial life a little bit better. And when you have some extra. That's when the fun stuff, that's when you can start to get into planning and investing. And I would suggest um, reading up on it, reading up on investing, consult a professional if it's something that you're just totally not into and you, you'd like some guidance. There's plenty of us out there. Um, but it's all, it's, it's all math. It's all math. The beautiful thing about math <laughs> is that there's a solution, right? <laughs> right. I like to look at it that way. Although math was never really my strong point in school, but, um, and I know you're like, yeah, you teach accounting or economics, but it's, it's not formulas or anything that we have to use in that too much. So, uh, it's right at my level, but you get into those formulas <laughs> where we're solving for, I'm like, I don't know. You're like, yeah, forget <laughs> this. Yeah. <laughs> A little over my head, but I love that. And uh, there's so much now that you can get into because you even have Bitcoin in that now, which um, personally, I decided to check out Coinbase Earn because I saw it and it's like, you can earn free crypto. So I'm like, oh, I'm going to check that out. And <laughs> you did, like you earned some free. I'm like, I'm not really going to invest anything right now because I don't know what I'm doing, but it was kind of fun just to check it out and learn more about it and see what it was because these are all concepts that if you are my age or older, you're like, what the heck is that? Right. Right. I mean, having a, having a well-rounded perspective on, well, well, here's how I'd say it. You know, we live in a capitalist country. Capital is what? It's money. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. So if you're in a system that runs on money. You better learn a little bit about money. It'd be like if you were on a boat, and you were floating on the ocean and you don't know anything about the ocean waves, like you're on a boat, you better learn a couple of things about <laughs> swimming, right? right? Just in case, right? So uh, having a good working knowledge of your financial situation, I feel is, is it's almost like a, a survival requirement in uh, yeah. assuming all your listeners are from the United States. So yeah, yeah. I mean, we do have some from around the world, but most of my listeners are from the U.S. So we understand that very much that, you know, our, our economy is based on money and you have to, it's not like we barter anymore. So you have to know a little bit about it. 
It's true. It's true. How many tomatoes would it take to get open heart surgery? I still don't know, right? <laughs> oh <my goodness>. <laughs> <laughs> that's insane. And that's our, our uh, medical system. I'm even now just learning how crazy it is because we just are getting bills back from my mom when she was having chemo and radiation and that $300,000 for radiation for five radiation treatments. Can you imagine? <laughs> Can you imagine? Yeah, I mean, luckily, she has really good insurance or had really good insurance. But, you know, that's the other thing. And in, in our society, we think, what do you do when you don't have insurance? Oh, you're, yeah, that's a very bad situation to be in. My son, um, over the summer, he got into, he actually fell out of a window. And uh, he's okay, totally okay. But um, it wasn't that far, far of a drop, but we're like new parents. So we're super concerned and, um, take him to the hospital and we get a scan just to make sure he's okay, which again, totally fine. Wasn't a big drop. Uh, $23,000 for the scan. Oh my gosh. Just for a scan. $23,000. <laughs> that is so if I didn't have insurance. What would I do? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Then that's the sad truth. There's a lot of people out there who don't have insurance and you don't know how how they get get by and can afford healthcare. And that's, so having insurance is also a great thing financially too, I think, you know, making sure that you're um, taken care of because wow. Yeah, when I saw that bill, I was like, oh my gosh. Yeah, what do I agree. People do? Yeah. And, it goes, and it goes back to that like whole communal idea that you were talking about before helping one another. I, I heard a great, for me, insurance is, it's like a necessary evil. It's one of the most boring things in my opinion. I'm one of the, like, I know there's people out there that love talking about insurance. I cannot stand it. It like, I actually, yeah. it like, I, it's like a very cringy subject matter for me. But I heard a, a lecturer one time say that um, like back in the day, we lived in these little communities. And if your house burned down, Melissa, and we were all in a nice little Amish community, me and all of our friends, we would get together and we'd build you a new house that weekend and we'd help each other out. So there was no need for insurance during that time because our communities were so strong and the community itself was the insurance. But that's not the way our society functions anymore. No. We don't have, we don't live in little compounds with people of like mind. We're all very individual. So what do you do now? The answer is you have to be properly insured. Yeah. Exactly. Too bad we don't live in those kinds of societies anymore. Although I'm sure that brings about other problems too. So yeah, yeah, that's true. That that would be nice. But anytime yeah. people try to make those things pop up, they uh, they tend to get out of hand. <laughs> uh -huh. Yeah, yeah. It's usually it doesn't end very well. So. <laughs> but that's a whole other show. So. It's a whole other show. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, this has been such a great and fun conversation. If people want to check out your podcast or maybe they want to follow you, what's the best way for them to do that? Oh, it's so easy. And thank you. Thank you, Melissa, for giving me the opportunity to share my podcast with, with your listeners. So name of the podcast is Success Fundamentals. The easiest way to find us is just go right on our website, www.successfundamentals.com. We have all of our links there to every single one of our episodes on basically every podcast platform that exists. You can connect to Chris, my co-host and I directly on 
our website. You can even leave us a voicemail now, which is a new feature that we just added. Nice. Uh, yeah. And uh, all of our like social media uh, bio or links are in there as well. Awesome. And we'll have a link to the show in the show notes too. So if you'd like to go there, you can just go to the show notes and click directly there. So I always like to ask our guests to leave us with a little nugget of wisdom for the day. So I'm going to put you on the spot and ask you if you could leave our guests with any little piece of wisdom, what would that be? So I guess staying in theme of our discussion today, develop a healthy perception with money. Um, Think about the relationship that you want to have with money in your life and try to throw out the past, try not to listen to what society has to say about it. You have your own relationship with money and start fresh. I love it. Thank you so much for that advice and for being here with us today and sharing your podcast and all of your wisdom with us. It was a pleasure. Thanks for having me. I want to thank you guys for being here with us today as well as always. If you like this podcast, please subscribe. Please leave a positive review from wherever you're listening. And the greatest compliment you can pay me is to share this podcast with those you think might also benefit from it. Don't forget to follow me on social media. And if you would like to work with me, you can go to my website, melissaoatman.com. I hope you guys are having a beautiful day from wherever you're listening. As always, I am sending you so much love and light, and I will talk to you soon. Bye, guys.